In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. I think I even heard somebody on the patio <laughs> respond. That was excellent. If you were to work for 12 hours a day, 2,000 years ago, for six days a week, take the Sabbath off, and work for 20 years, you would have one talent. One day of wages for 12 hours of work in the field was one denarius. One denarius is one day of labor. 20 years of labor with no holidays other than the Sabbath and whatever the Lord prescribed is one talent. In the gospel today, we hear the story of a servant who was American through and through. He piled debt upon debt upon debt. He drove the nicest car. He had the biggest TV. He had a mountain of debt bigger than Mount Shasta. He, there's no way that he could have ever repaid that. David in the Psalm says, the span of man's life is three score years and 10, and if he be in good health, four score. Now, for those who know the math of Abraham Lincoln, that would be one score is 20 years, three score years and 10 is 70 years, right? Four score is 80 years. So even if you start working at the age of 10, and have a good life, you work for 60 years in the field, you've got three talents. And that's not what you have in the bank, right? You're earning three talents in your lifetime. So this guy owed 10,000 talents. His debt was like the, the, the U.S. debt. It was unfathomable. He owed over 3,000 lifetimes of wages to the master. And he goes before the master, and again, he's American. He's like, hey, I'm going to pay you everything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just stop it. Just stop it. The master, in his mercy, in his mercy, he doesn't take the deal. He could have said, fine, you pay me what you owe me. I'll give you the time that you have. You pay me. He doesn't do that. He's merciful and he forgives everything. Every single penny. And then what does this servant do? He goes out and he's so wicked he finds a fellow servant who owes him a hundred days of wages. A hundred days. He owed 3,000 lifetimes, more than 3,000 lifetimes. And he, this guy owes him 100 days of wages. And he holds him up. You can picture him holding him up against the wall saying, pay me what you owe me. He had just been forgiven everything, and he can't forgive anything. And so the master finds out and casts him out. Oh, boy. Well, as Don Henley said, we have to get down to the heart of the matter, and that's forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is the issue. And coupled with forgiveness, why couldn't this servant forgive? 
because he wasn't grateful. Gratitude, gratitude unlocks forgiveness. Because when we begin to realize and think about the mountain of debt, of sin that we have accumulated, then we will be thankful to God for his forgiveness and more forgiving of other people who slightly offend us. That person who cuts us off in traffic, not a big deal when we remember our ongoing anger, our ongoing greed, how we've wronged our co-workers or our family. That person who cuts in line at Starbucks, right? Or, or that customer who doesn't leave a tip that we expected, not as big of a deal when we think about how we haven't tipped God, right? It's all about perspective and it's all about gratitude. It's all about gratitude. Gratitude is a river of grace flowing from the throne of God. Christ says in John 4, when he's talking to the Samaritan woman, I will give you living water, living water. And he says elsewhere in John, there will be fountains of water gushing forth. And in the book of Revelation, right, the last chapter, there is a river of life flowing from the throne of God. Right? This river of life is a river of gratitude. Without gratitude, there's no life. There's no life. And our whole life is supposed to be one of thanksgiving and gratitude. Thanksgiving is what we do here. The Eucharist, that's a Greek word for thanksgiving. We come to partake of the Eucharist. The thanksgiving. And even our Lord, even our Lord was thankful for all things, even the things that he didn't look forward to. So in order to forgive, we have to be thankful, right? We have to be thankful. But forgiveness, let's talk about forgiveness for a minute. Forgiveness is really the heart of the Christian life. Because when our Lord was hanging on the cross, when he voluntarily gave himself up and was unjustly beaten and accused and mocked and spit upon, he forgave those who were there. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. St. Stephen also, during his martyrdom, prayed that the Lord would forgive his persecutors. Bishop Callisto says that forgiveness is to remember with love. It's not about forgetting. It's about removing the resentment that we harbor, the anger that we harbor, getting rid of the poison that we carry around. Mark Twain has a great quote. He says, forgiveness is the scent that the violet leaves on the heel of the one that crushed it. I'll say that again. Forgiveness is the scent that the violet leaves on the heel of the one that crushed it. If we are 
engaging with the world, we're going to get crushed here or there. It's going to happen. Somebody's going to get promoted ahead of us when we thought we deserved it. Oh, well. Do we want to be bitter about it? Or do we want to leave a good scent, so to speak, in the workplace? There's a story, one of my favorite persons from the 20th century, one of the most fascinating persons is Nelson Mandela. Amazing life. Amazing man. But there's a story about him that when he became president of South Africa, he went for a walk one day with his security detail, and they stopped to eat in a restaurant. And this was a common occurrence. He would go out among the people. And at the restaurant, they saw a man who was ordering food and was eating alone. And President Mandela told the security officer, go get that man and please ask him to sit with us and eat with us. I want him to sit right next to me. What an honor, right? The man came up and sat with him, didn't say much of anything at all, and was shaking the whole time. Tremendously shaking. The man finished his meal, got up, said thank you to President Mandela, and went on his way. And one of the security officers said, you know, Mr. President, that man must have been terribly sick. He could not stop shaking. No, no, he wasn't sick, said Mr. President. He wasn't sick. That man used to work in the prison where I was imprisoned. And every day after they tortured me, I'd be screaming in my cell for water. And he would come and urinate on my head. He wasn't sick. He was afraid. But forgiveness is part of my character. Revenge is not who we are and is not how we will act in this country. Amazing. Amazing. 25 years in prison, screaming for water, and he has a chance. He has the power to do something to this guy. And he loves him. He forgives him. And he models, he models the Christian life in that moment. In our lives, we will rarely, rarely have a circumstance so extreme as that. Yet, we will also rarely forgive so easily as that. You see the problem? We get huffy about everything. We, we get our, uh, as Andy Griffith would say, we get our britches caught on our own pitchfork more than we should. But Nelson Mandela was able to forgive because he was thankful, A, to be out of prison, B, to be alive, and C, for the opportunity to make change in his country. Gratitude is the key to unlocking forgiveness. And really, gratitude is that, is that river of life that flows from God himself. So if you have something in your life that's holding you back, 
If you have a resentment that you can't get over, start with gratitude. Be thankful for everything. Everything. My goddaughter, who's now 15 years old, when she was about two years old, her parents were putting her to bed, and, and her mom said, okay, now tell Jesus three things you're thankful for. She said, uh, I'm thankful for daddy's video games, and um, I'm thankful for my Aunt Stacy, that's my wife, and uh, I'm thankful for the wall. Amen. Like, just wanted to be done. But you know what? Like, being thankful for walls is pretty profound. If you think about it. There are lots of people in this world who don't have walls. Right? Right? Like, we kind of laugh. It's like, oh, she doesn't really mean it. Like, wait a minute. I'm not thankful for my walls. Am I thankful when I pay the mortgage? Am I thankful when I pay my taxes and have a military defending me? Or am I grumbling and complaining, right? Like, it's all about perspective. If I can live a life of gratitude, I can more easily forgive the offenses that I encounter. Sometimes, though, there's poison so deep, resentment so deep, we have a hard time getting over it. Nelson Mandela said that that holding on to resentment is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. But that's what we do. That's what we do when we hold on to grudges. But sometimes the pain is so deep, we need God's help to get over it. And the best way is to start to separate ourselves from that and say, Lord, I'm having trouble forgiving, but you forgive. And be merciful to them. Don't judge them for my sake. There's a prayer. This is a, a new prayer book that I picked up. Uh, it's from St. Tikhon's uh, Seminary Press. And in this prayer is inserted in the prayers before communion. I normally use the red prayer book. But in using this, I found this jewel of a prayer. I'm going to read it. It's very short. It's a prayer by St. John of Damascus. Grant mercy, O Lord, to them that hate me, or oppose me, or wrong me, or slander me, so that none of them may suffer any evil in any way, whether in this present age or in the age to come, on account of me, an unclean sinner. Cleanse them instead by thy mercy, and protect them, O good one, by thy grace. So grant mercy to them, and so that they may not suffer any evil on account of me, an unclean sinner. That's the first step to forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't so much a light switch that's on and off. It's not a toggle switch. It's more of a dimmer, okay? It's like a spectrum. And you have to start by wanting to forgive. You have to want to forgive and ask God to help you with that. And over time, you might be able to think of the person or the incident without like, you know, clenching your teeth and feeling that anger deep in your stomach. And then over time, you keep praying for the person and praying that God will have mercy on them. And then you can think of them dispassionately, like doesn't affect you at all. Oh, yeah, such and such happened to me at such and such a point by so-and-so. May God have mercy. You just don't feel anything. 
But then, but then, this is when we really draw close to Christ. Where we want to get to is when we can feel compassion and pity for our enemies. That's Christ-like love. That's where we want to get to. But we don't go zero to full forgiveness overnight. It rarely happens. So it's okay. Understand, like, you're, get on the forgiveness spectrum, so to speak, and start making your way across towards Christ. But ask God to have mercy on the person even when you have trouble thinking of them with compassion. So we have to be thankful and we have to be prayerful asking God to be merciful to our enemies. And if we can do this, then the Lord will grant us the strength to forgive. He will grant us the strength to forgive and to live a life like Him. Brothers and sisters, this is so important. Again, this is the heart of the Christian life. A Christian who doesn't forgive is no Christian at all. And remember what Christ told His disciples, they, the world will know you are Christians by your love. And there's no greater sign of love than to forgive one's enemies. Our Lord says, turn the other cheek, right? Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who wrong you. If we can live this way, if we can live this way, we will truly live a Christian life and a life of holiness. And we will draw near to that throne which gushes forth with the river of life. And we can bask in the joy and the thankfulness of all the saints who from all ages have been well-pleasing to God as they praise and glorify the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is in our midst.